The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The Holy Spirit came upon me and he said, Joe, even you have not spoken. You speak the truth, but you've also held back. You must take the truth. You must not be concerned about what people are going to say. Amen. You may not, must not be concerned about what people think and what they say. You might, if you're going to be a, a voice for me, then you must speak as I give you utterance. That's right. And this person was saying, Happy Halloween. And they got their baby laying here with a Halloween outfit on. And the next day, they're going to be posting scriptures. And I, I made the comment, I said, I'm confused. I'm confused. Maybe some of you are confused. I'm confused at how you can say Happy Halloween one day and bless the name of the Lord the next. Right. You know, the, Halloween is a demonic spirit. It's a demonic spirit. It has nothing to do with God whatsoever. It has nothing to do with His Son whatsoever. And if we want to see what we keep praying for and what we keep begging for, we keep begging for healing in our bodies, we keep begging for salvation for our family and our friends, and, but he says it's not going to happen. We have got to be better witnesses. Right. We've got to get this flesh out of the church and come back home, come back to Christ, even clapping. Clapping, clapping, you know, there, there's scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures that says you don't clap. You applaud man. You can clap and applaud. Clapping is applauding. You cannot applaud. You don't, God don't want you to applaud him. You lift up holy hands. You lift up holy hands. That's the way you worship God. You, and Jesus, you lift up holy hands. You applaud man, but you lift up your holy hands for him and you get down on your knees and you humble yourself. It's, it, it, it's a flesh thing. From the beginning of time, we keep just bringing things of the world into the church and the world is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And we're not going to be the, we have to be the overcomers that God created us to be. There's things that have been coming our way for a long time. We're in the midst of it now. More is coming but unless we stand up and, and, and declare that there's only one God, Amen. there's one creator of this universe, there's not many ways to him, but there's only one way to him. Do you understand that? Yeah. There's not but one way. And until we stand up as the Christians that we are, as the anointed of God, and declare salvation and declare his name, God said, you shall put no other gods before me. And we do that every day in some form or another. And I'm guilty too. We're all guilty. So God is not only talking to people online and the ones in here this morning. He talks to me too. He gives me a wake up call. It's time to wake up. We got to wake up. Are you hearing me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We got to stop this. And we got to be bold in our salvation. We cannot be timid. We must be bold. We are soldiers. And like I said, I've never said that before about that. And then turn around another page and there's, and there's another uh, niece. New baby. In an outfit of bones. Outfit of bones. 
What are you doing? Sacrificing your baby to the devil? You got costumes on. What are you doing? It's done out of ignorance. That they're not being taught the Word of God because the Word of God is so watered down, nobody knows what it is. There's denominations that have taken every blood song out of their hymn books that has to do with the blood of Jesus. There's ministers teaching in big churches that Jesus was illegal, that was, uh, was um, illegitimate because he was born out of wedlock. Think about that. If that were true, which it's not, it was a divine virgin birth. That's right. yes, That's if it had not been a virgin birth, that blood would be worth nothing. That's right. Because his blood would be no different than your blood or my blood. But that's impossible. It was a virgin birth. That's right. His blood is what saved us. Yes, yeah. Jesus, God, sacrificed his only son right. to die for us, to shed his blood for us. And what do we do? We stomp all over it. We make light of the Word of God. We want it to be friendly. Well, it can't be friendly and work at the same time. Yes. You, we got to get serious. God told me this morning, you got to get serious. You got to take my word serious. You got to stop playing games. You, got, you don't have time to play games. Right. There's a lot of work to be done. And I'm going to help you, he said. He said, I'm going to help you. But you've got to admit, admit it. Yes, there are demonic forces coming against the church today. But greater is he that's in us Amen. than he that's in this world. God has never forsaken us. He has never forsaken us. He is the same, same God now as he was. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the same God, you know, he was telling me this morning, he said, Joe, you can do it. You can do it. Yes. The self-same spirit, according to 2 Corinthians 4.13, that self-same spirit lives in you that was in those. And the Holy Spirit that came upon David and that came upon Samson, they fully expected the anointing. I, I told the Lord this morning, I said, by faith, I'm fully expecting we got to be expecting. And I said, I'm fully expecting that when I put my foot on that platform this morning, that the Holy, that the anointing is going to fall upon me and the, and the Holy Spirit's going to give me utterance to what you want me to say. And I thank you and I thank you, God, that you're going to give me the boldness to do it. Some of my messages are going to probably change a little bit in the future. I'm still preaching the word. But we cannot keep doing what we've been doing and shutting our eyes. We're going to have to speak up. We don't have to beat them up with the Word of God. But they must be informed. That's right. You can say it in a way that they'll get the truth. They'll get the message. That's right. Yes, we may do some things wrong. We may not have all the right thoughts all the time. and We may not always say the right words. But we know, we know that we don't support this kind of thing. You don't even need anybody to tell you. Right. You don't even need anybody. All you got to do is pick up the Word of God yeah. and He's going to tell you. That's right. That's right. His Word tells you what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. He said, you'll know what's right and what's wrong. You were born knowing what's right and what's wrong. Because yeah. yeah. the Bible says it's imprinted on you, mm -hmm. on your heart. 
I'm, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take a stand. I, I've been talking about having revivals, tent revivals, and, 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 and bringing the lost harvest time in. But I can't bring the lost in and the harvest. I cannot have a harvest time and expect miracles, wonders and miracles to follow the services and, and, and still be walking in the flesh and still being trying to please people. I can't be concerned about what people think I'm going to preach or who, who the preachers come and preach. They're going to preach the word. They're going to teach the word. We're going to win the souls. And they're going to be the power of God is going to hit the place. Yes. Because there's not going to be any, We're going to get the flesh out of it. Amen. And before the first tent goes up, I plan on seeking them a lot more on that. Because yes. I want that. Our purpose is to win souls. Our purpose is the, right. the harvest. The harvest of souls, that's our purpose. And we can't do that halfway. We've been doing things halfway. We've been trying to please people. People don't honor God. They don't honor Him anymore. They don't respect Him anymore. They treat Him like an ordinary person. And then they expect, they feel, they expect Him to heal their bodies. He expects them to take care of their mortgage. But they have no honor. They have no, they have no honor for the place of God. They have no honor for the ministers of God. They have no respect. They have no honor. You cannot expect to get preferential treatment and blessings from God when you treat His church, His people, His, His, master, His preachers and teachers of the Word. You can't have it. It's not going to happen. You can pray all you want to. It's not going to happen. You've got to have respect. You've got to honor God Almighty above everything. And you must honor the people that He's called to, to preach His Word and to reach the lost. This morning I want to talk to you about how your words are the coins in the kingdom of God. I say again, your words are coins in the kingdom of faith. And what you confess, you possess. In other words, you have bought it. You have bought it and paid for it. Because you are, the Bible says, you're going to have what you say. And confessing is exactly that. I also want to talk about how the careless words that you have been or are speaking is affecting your life, affecting your health, your finances, your family, and your ministry. I'm going to show you how both Jesus and David won their war on the words, David chose his words very carefully, and so did Jesus. Most of us are of the opinion that our words are only used to communicate with. However, when God spoke a word, it was to create, and we are created in His image and His likeness. Hallelujah. Saints, you may not be aware of this, but you also are creating with your words. Every day you're creating with your words. I heard a prophet recently say, Kevin Sadeh, that when he went to have surgery on his mouth a few years ago, actually about 1992, he said before he went, he felt that the Spirit of God was preparing him for what was about to happen. Kevin said he felt that something glorious was about to take place. He said the doctor gave him uh, anesthesia, uh, anesthesia to relax him. And as his body began to relax, he said, he could see into another realm, into the spirit realm. He could see the doctors and everything that was going on around him. Uh, and also, 
he said he could see Jesus standing there. And, and he said that Jesus began to talk to him about his words. And Jesus said, Kevin, this world that we live in down here is very limited, but your words are very powerful. And he started to teach him about words. I've taught on this scripture coming up so many times, but I, I, that's another thing the Lord wants you to know right now, you know, is that he wants you to know that if he said it, he meant it. It's true. It's, it's the word of God. If he said it, he meant it. You know, a lot of people interpret it any way you want to, but if he said it, he meant it. And Jesus said to Kevin, I said in Matthew 12, 36, that you will be held accountable for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. And Jesus says, you know, I meant that. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth, non-working word, he said, you're going to be held accountable for it. He says, and if you go on further, it says you'll either be condemned by it or you'll be acquitted. But we think that all of our words are only used to communicate with. But our words are more than to, to communicate. Our words are, should be creating something. He talked to him about how careless he had been with his words. Saints, you know how, how we say things sometimes and then we regret we've said it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I think we all are. He said Jesus told him that he should be speaking his destiny. He said he should be speaking, say, speaking where you are going. The Lord impressed upon me many, many years ago, and I've talked about this before, to speak and to agree with him, to agree with his word about my life. So I began to do that, and also I write it down. I did not realize at the time, I, had not, I did not have a clue that I was speaking my destiny. As I was writing these things down, in these books here. And I have others. And this was my first one. I call it my little blue book. But as the Lord would speak to me, I would write it down. But at the time, I had no idea that I was speaking my dis destiny and that I was speaking the things that I wanted. I didn't even know I wanted them. Because about teaching and, and, and cassettes and tapes and books, I didn't even own a cassette, as I've told you before. I didn't have any experience whatsoever. But you have to speak your destiny. You have to call those things. Jesus did. God did. You call those things down. You, you take your words very seriously that you speak. You're not going to always get it right. I don't. Nobody will. But you can get better. You can improve. And once you do that, you'll see a change in your life. You're going to start seeing a change. He said Jesus showed him how his life had been going in kind of a zigzag fashion because of his words. Maybe you need to stop this morning and think about that for a minute and ask yourselves, could it be that my words have kept me from getting a breakthrough? Think about that. Saints, there are some things I confess on a regular basis. You know, I, I've got lists and tons and tons and tons of them. But know that confess means to say the same thing. So I confess and say what God says about me. For instance, I confess and declare that I esteem my words and treat them with respect. You need to esteem your words highly and treat them with respect. More than that, I declare I esteem God and His Word above everything. You have to esteem God and His Word above everything. 
I also declare that the Spirit is turning up the power of my words because I speak God's words. But God will turn up the power of your words too. And when you speak his word, he'll turn the power up. Are you hearing me? I declare that I reject all tradition that does not conform to God's word. I declare that God's word is the final authority in my life. I declare that I can trust in God's word because it's impossible for him to lie. Saints know this. We have been given the keys to the kingdom of God. What we bind, heaven bounds. What we lose, heaven loses, according to Matthew 18, 18. Kevin said Jesus spoke to him about words of creation, about how the Father had spoken the world into existence. In other words, God called those things that were not as though they were. In Romans 4, 17, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke what he wanted. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. It was. Psalms 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. In verse 33, in ver uh, uh, chapter 33, verse 9, it says, For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Praise God. Saints, I cannot tell you this morning how important it is to fill your spirits with faith-filled words. You have to speak from your spirit to see things happen. You are a new creature, so you must speak as a new creature. According to 1 Corinthians 5, 17, you are a new creature, a new creation in Christ. And if you want to see those mountains in your life moved, if you want to see them shattered, if you want to see them brought down, you're going to have to speak from your heart. It's not what you think in your mind, brothers and sisters. It's what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that's making the difference. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You keep in mind also that when you speak the right words, the demons have to listen to you and they will flee. True. They will flee. They will listen to you. Remember Luke 10, 19, that he says, you have authority over all evil spirits and they all are subject to you. They're all, they're all subject to us. Regardless of what it is. I know I was on a treadmill yesterday morning and I was confessing the word of God and talking about, you know, you know, I believe I have received my healing for the cough. I believe I have received my healing for the clearing of the throat. I believe I've received my healing for my gums. I believe I received my healing from the esophagus. I believe I received this, da, da, da. I believe I received my healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And my legs began to act up. And I said, that includes you. <laughs> And I, be, I, I put the TV on pause. I was listening to Brother uh, Keith Moore, and I put it on pause, and I began to talk to it. And, and, and then I started coughing, and I said, Get out of here! Get out of here! Now, in Jesus' name. You have no authority in this house, and I command you to go now. Surprise, I didn't go on down with a treadmill. But, <laughs> but you just can't be nice. You've got to put your foot down. You cannot, you cannot keep quiet any longer about things. You don't have to go around, like I said, beating people up over the head with the Bible. But you can be a witness. You, that you can stand your ground and let them know what you stand for. And if they don't stand for that, then that's just not your fault. God has given us all free will. And we can choose what is of him and what is not. And, and like I said, a little leaven 
spoils the whole thing. Because people say, well, I only did just a little bit. And only done that once. That's a little leaven. Just a little leaven. A little, a little arsenic will kill you. Don't, you don't need a whole, a whole a look, you know, you don't need a big amount of it, just a little bit. When you come under attack from the devil, and you will, and when you're under pressure, and you will be, you will have all the ammo that you need to win your battle if you'll fill up your heart with God's Word. If you allow that Word to be engrafted in every part of you. In Revelation 12, 11 tells us that we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. Hallelujah. You cannot continue putting words of doubt and fear into your spirit for these words are going to come out when you don't want them to come out and they're going to come out when you least expect it. Jesus called these words careless words, idle words, non-working words, according to Matthew 12, 36 in the Amplified Bible. These words will only produce the opposite from what you want. If I don't say anything else this morning, know that the words that you're speaking... Careless words only will produce the opposite from what you want. In other words, if you are speaking and if, you, if you're sick and you want your body healed, then you, got, you can't speak careless words and death or it. You must speak what God says about it in order for your body to line up because your body will obey you. It has to obey you because you have dominion and authority over it. God has given us power and dominion over everything on this earth, including our body, our flesh, our house. We are primarily a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And we have control over this body. But we got, and we got to renew this mind to his way of thinking. The words, like I said, according to Matthew 12, 34, said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Luke 6, 45 says, the New Living Bible says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Praise God. So let me remind you of this. The moment that something happens, the very moment that something happens, that's when you begin to speak. Not an hour later or a day later or right. You, you just do it right then and there. If I'm on a treadmill, if I'm standing in the grocery store line or wherever I'm at and I start to cough again or I start something, a symptom starts to come on me, I may not yell out loud. But I, I, will, I, will, I will speak it. Yeah. Lord, thank you Amen. that by your stripes I'm healed. Yes. Thank you, God. I believe I receive my healing. I believe Amen. that I believe I receive healing for the cross. I believe I receive it. Amen. I might have to say that a thousand times. I don't know. But I'm healed. Amen. I believe that when, you know, that the hands was laid on me and the prayer of faith was prayed and when the amen was spoken, that was a resounding victory. Amen. That was a resounding victory. And it's up to me to receive it. Don't wait for the symptoms to go away or whatever, but, but receive it right then and there and stand on it. Stand on those words. Stand on the Word of God. Don't let the devil trick you. And you know, and he will. You know, the very next morning I was sitting there on the sofa, you know, and started coughing. And you know what the devil said to me? He said, you know, Joe, he said, this has been embedded in you for a long time. He said, you've had that for a lot of years. And he says, it's probably going to take a little bit more to get it out. So you probably need to get David come in here and pray with you. And so I said, David. And then I said, forget it. 
All, as soon as the enemy brought the thought, God brought the thought. And his thought was, Joe, you know, when Jesus cast out those demons out of that man, out of those spirits, he said, did he do just one of them or all of them? I said, Lord Jesus, he did them all. When I was delivered, I was delivered totally and completely. Not halfway, not, not partially, not halfway, but totally. Hallelujah. If I cough, what? Yeah, he can, bring his, he can bring his demonic symptoms, but I don't have to yield to them. And I can speak up and, 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 and uh, come against those thoughts with the Word of God. Stand, stand, stand. That's what, isn't that what the Bible tells us in Ephesians? When you've done all you can do is stand. And does it get frustrating sometimes and tiresome? Yes, it does. You're standing for, the, you know, some of you out here and online are standing and you've been praying and you've been standing and waiting for something and you're confessing the word day and night, all day. So you go to sleep, I go to sleep confessing it, get up confessing it. And yes, it's, it, it's, it gets frustrating. But the devil, that, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to get frustrated. He wants you to give up. And so he's going to keep beating you down and down until you, he gets you so frustrated. You're going to say, well, 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 well. I really thought I was this time. But I reckon I wasn't. That's what he wants you to say. He wants you, to, he, he's lying. You were, you are. The Bible said, by his stripes, ye were healed. And if you were, you are. If you were, you are. Friend Dorothy sitting over here. Spangler. Devil beat up on that woman day after day, week after week after week. But prayer upon prayer was going up. And praise the God, she's back in the house of worship this morning. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You know, he's pounding, 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 but she stood strong. Yeah, yeah. Her husband stood strong, Richard. Other people stood strong. Here she is. Sometimes it takes a little, some battles take a little longer than others. But that's okay. We got time. Anyway, what you really want to do is you want to nip that thing in the bud right now. And you want to keep alert to that still small voice. It's like when the devil came to me and he said, Joe, that's been in you a long time. And it's going to take a lot to get it out. It, it's a lie. It doesn't take any more to get out something that's been there for a long time than if you got it yesterday. The power of God is the power of God. And it works. All you have to do is have faith in the power of the Word of God and it works for you. Praise God. Yeah, Kenny's prayed for my mouth the other night too. I had that little sore in my mouth for a week and a half or two. Nothing that worked. And then I just woke up about a day or two later. And I said, oh, oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You know, <laughs> the power of God's word, the power of God works. But you have to work it. You got to work it. It ain't going to work it for you. You got to work it. Speaking the word of God releases his power to overcome conflict. Are you hearing me? Before you, before you can move forward, you first have to win this war of words. You first have to put a bridle on your tongue. It is necessary in order to win the fight of faith and, and to win your battles. And I want to read, I share a little bit with you about David. You know, um, I believe that David's faith-filled words is what won the battle for him. I believe he spoke it. 
And most of you, I don't have time to read all the scriptures in First Samuel 17 concerning David, but most of you are familiar with it. David, David's war did not begin with Goliath. It began with Saul. It began with David saying. It began with David saying. The same as Jesus. He was tempted by Satan. Uh, he, but he didn't, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Jesus had been fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. And he was down and thirsty. And what does Satan do? He tempts him. He waited till he was at his most vulnerable yeah. to come in and tempt him. But Jesus gave it right back to him. And that's what we have to do. We got to give it right back, tip for tap. The devil said this, and, and Jesus said, it is written. And then he said, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that flows out of the mouth of God. It is written. You do not tempt the Lord your God. It is written. It is written. And like Jesus said, God was saying, every word in his word is true. If you got the right translation. But let me warn you, there are some translations, and NIVs, one, some of the others, that's not as bad as some, have taken a lot of things out of the Bible. Yeah. Right. So make sure when you're studying the Bible that you got a good translation that nobody has been taking the Word of God out of it to suit themselves. Mm -hmm. It might be exactly what you need that got taken out. That's right. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. David begins his conversation with Saul by telling him about his past victories in 1 Samuel 17, 34. Telling Saul about how he had protected his father's sheep by killing the bear and the lion. Brothers and sisters, some people lose their battle before the war ever begins. Loose lips yeah. sink ships. Yeah. Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah. It's true. We have to learn when to open our mouths and when to keep them shut. Sometimes the first time a bad thing for you to do is the first time you get a pain in your head or a pain in your leg, go tell everybody. Go, go tell everybody. On too. Yeah, on Facebook. Just spread the whole world. Matter of fact, make a video on it. You just sunk the ship. Yeah. yeah. Talk to the Lord about it. Talk to God about it. Take it, take it to God and, and, and just trust Him to take care of whatever it is. Are you hearing me? When you're in a war, saints, you have to choose your weapons very carefully. And according to Ephesians 6, 17, your weapon is God's word. And according to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, in the English Standard Version says, For the weapons of our warfare are not the uh, flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. In other words, God's word coming out of your mouth has the power to destroy any stronghold. Are you hearing me? Any stronghold. Many believers live in defeat that's never ending or changing because they're constantly living in defeat due to believing the lies of the enemy until those lies become mental strongholds. Saints, no matter what mental stronghold you're facing or if you're feeling depressed, hopeless, or fearful because of Satan's lies, you need to know that God has equipped you and me with divine power to tear down any unwanted thoughts or get rid of any strongholds. What are strongholds? A stronghold is an area of darkness within our mind or personality that causes ongoing spiritual, emotional, or behavior problems. We can be genuinely born again and sincere in our faith, 
but we can still have ongoing struggles with some of our thoughts, our emotions, and some habits that wage war against our relationship with our Father. And that's why he says, I want you to listen. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 in English Standard, it says, We destroy arguments. And I put in parentheses, not God. We, not God, destroys arguments. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and every thought can bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Saints, our minds are the battlefields. This is where we either win our battles or this is where we lose our battles. You're going to see here in 1 Samuel 17 that David spoke faith-filled words and this is what determined the outcome of his battle with Goliath. Okay? I know you've heard, uh, probably uh, many of you have read these scriptures before, but I really pray that you'll receive a greater revelation today as I talk about this. Uh, 1 Samuel um, 17, verse 32, we're going um, in 32, I'm not going to go read all the scriptures as I had intended. I'm just going to go through some of them. In verse 32, it says, When David came before Saul, he immediately made it clear that no man in Israel needed to fear any longer, for he would fight this giant. We all know that David was a shepherd boy. We all know that he had three brothers that was enlisted in the military of the Israeli army under Saul. And so we all know that he tended to sheep, wrote the Psalms, and his father sent him into the camp to deliver food to his brothers. And of course, they had some remark to make to David about that. And David overheard, he happened to be there when this giant, they said this giant, Goliath, would come up every day when the, when the two came against Saul's army and, and the Philistines, and they came together. And every day this uh, giant would show his face. It's almost like a, a pain or sickness in our bodies that every day it shows up. This giant in our lives, it could be finance, it could be health, it could be anything, but it's a giant that just shows up every week or every day in your life. And this giant would come out every morning. And, and, and every, they were scared, they were petrified. I would, I would think this coronavirus or COVID virus, whatever you call it, is a giant that has put people, it's terrified them, put them in their homes, got them wearing masks, can't touch anybody, can't do nothing, except for what the government wants you to do. You know? And people believe those lies, and they fall for those lies. Was it a serious thing, and is it? Yes. But it is, uh, but they're using it for far more. It's a giant that they're using to terrify us. And God is expecting us, His children, to defy these giants yes, yes. that's defying our God. Our God gets defied today just like they did when David was fighting Goliath. When David came before Saul, he immediately made it clear that no man in Israel needed to fear any longer for he would fight this giant. That's what God wants us to do. What Saul thought of David's ability to fight Goliath is reflected in what he said in verse 72, uh, 17, verse 33. Saul told David, you're not able to fight this giant, for you're but a boy, and he is a man of war from his boyhood. As a matter of fact, David, Saul told David in a New Living Translation, he said, don't be ridiculous. You know, when we start having tent revivals, when the churches start preaching the Word of God again, and the miracles start flowing in and out of the doors, and the people are going to say, well, don't be ridiculous. Do you, you think that God's going to do this and that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And He's going to use all those that are willing 
to stand up and defy and come against those that are fine him. But David refused to be intimidated. A lot of intimidation's been going on over the last eight or nine months. A lot of brainwashing been going on. You know, as a matter of fact, when I was riding down uh, Shore Drive the other day, I've seen it before, but the Lord didn't speak to me about it. But the other day, the Lord spoke to me. And, and you see that sign where it says, um, protect uh, protect everybody or do this, that, the other, wear your mask, stay social distant, all this kind of stuff, you know. I don't really, really, somebody glanced at it. But then the Lord said, you know, that's no different, Joel, than back, way back, and a lot of you listening online and in here this morning probably don't, don't know about these times, but uh, years and years, many years ago, um, in the movie theaters, you know, they used to have this subliminal type thing that they had in the movies behind, in, that was in, in the movie that would increase, encourage people to buy products, you know, popcorn and Cokes. But you couldn't see it with the eye. There's a lot of things going on now we can't see with the human eye. And the only way that we can see it is through the Holy Spirit. The eyes of the Holy Spirit showing it to us. And that's what God was doing. Now he's showing me. He says it's the same thing. He says it's a form of brainwashing. Yeah. Trying to change, brainwash you to get you to think the way they want you to think. And, and, and finally, the government made, you know, the government made them stop doing it in the theaters. Because the people, you know, and I'm sure they still bought stuff, but it wasn't like it was when they were running across in the movies, you know. And, and, and all your commercials, I don't, I record everything, but I still have to fast forward, so I catch a little bit. Praise God, don't get much. <laughs> that, that, you know, about the mask and about this and that and the other. They want you to think it's a normal thing. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing normal about it. Mm -hmm. Social distance is nothing normal about it. God wants us together. Yes, right. He wants His people together. Yes. They threaten, but things are going to change. Mark my word, things are going to be changing here really soon and fast, so fast. You just it's going to, it's going to ooh, it's break praying the spirit again. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, praise God. And David saw this giant as a mortal man that was defying the living God, and that's how we must see what's going on now. We must see it as something that's defying the living God. As like I said, that's exactly what's going on around us in the world now. You know, David looked at his situation from God's point of view and from past victories that God had given to him. And, and saints, that's exactly what we're going to have to do, especially now with so many things that are defying the ways of our God. Saints, we must see ourselves and our circumstances through God's eyes. Are you hearing me? We must see ourselves as the warriors that He has created us to be. You know, I remember so many times when the Spirit of God has put things into my spirit to do, and even recently, in the last few months, and no matter what it was, Satan would always come immediately to tell me that you're not qualified, that I'm not qualified and that I can't do it. And then he would begin pointing out all the reasons why I wasn't, I wasn't qualified or why I couldn't do it. And if you looked at, if you looked at some of these things that he points out to you in the natural, he's probably right. In the natural, you're not qualified. In the natural, you can't do it. But me and Jesus can do anything. I'm not by myself. But 
But we can't do that, brothers. We must always look at things through God's point of view. For instance, I had no experience in recording, like I said before. Didn't even have a recorder. But I had no experience on this and that and the other, other, but it didn't really matter because God had placed my spirit, placed it into my spirit to do it. And when God puts something in your spirit, he's not saying, Joe, I expect you to go do that by yourself. Well, Pastor Larry, I want you to go do this by yourself. He said, I'm right there. All I want you to do is just take that step and I'm going to be there when you get there. However, I say the same thing Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Whatever I am today, whatever I am now is all because of God, because he's poured out his special favor on me and because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. I wouldn't be here this morning if I had let the devil intimidate me or if I looked at things in the natural instead of listening to the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me. You have to listen to the Spirit of God, that still small voice that's on the inside of you. Uh, you can't listen to the lies of the enemy. Are you hearing me? So when the Spirit of God places these things in my spirit, I write them down, as I was saying before, and I just keep saying them until they manifest, which everything that I've written down over the years have manifest. There's some that I've written down lately that have not totally manifest yet, but there's no doubt in my spirit and my mind of what they want. As long as I stay true to Him, He'll stay true to me. But if I start watering down the Word and I, and I start uh, being intimidated and being fearful to speak up, I remember when I was embarrassed to pray in the Spirit, I was embarrassed to even be around people that prayed in the Spirit. I didn't know, sir. I remember when I thought they was crazy. But that was before I became a Christian. And then when I became a Christian, I, I, I really was kind of nervous when they started doing that stuff like that. But, um, but I, I've come to the conclusion that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for many years. And I do pray in the Spirit in my home and stuff. And, and, I, and I almost quit doing that for years, very little. But over the last year or so, the Lord's impressed upon me, I need to do more. Get down on your knees and humble yourself and pray in the Spirit. Pray. If you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. Praise God. You know, David proceeded to give Saul his qualifications for fighting the giant and knowing the outcome of the battle. You know, David had grown strong and confident by trusting God when he fought with the bear and the lion. Did you hear that? David knew the outcome of the battle. Three full qualifications of David, or you could say this is what David was decreeing and declaring before the battle. You know, according to Job twenty-two twenty-eight, he said, You shall decree and declare a thing, and it shall come to pass. What is, what is, uh, this is what David decreed and declared. He says, Your servant killed a lion that came after my father's sheep. He said, I went after him, and I smote him and took the lamb out of his mouth. And you'll find that in verse 34 and 35. And two, he said, I also killed a bear that took a lamb out of the flock. I called him by the beard. I smote him and I slew him. And David said, I have faith in God. And that, my brothers and sisters, says it all. It wasn't his past. It was his faith in God. David declared, I killed both the lion and the bear, and I'll do the same to this uncircumcised Philistine, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord who delivered me out of the paws of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me out of the hands of this Philistine. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what David is saying here, saints? He is calling those things that are not as though they were. The same as, the same as God had me to do all those years ago, when I had no idea what his plans were, and no idea what he was doing. Yeah. David won the argument, and Saul just said, Go, and the Lord be with you. 
This is what David went up against Goliath with. He had one shepherd's staff, five smooth stones, a shepherd's bag to hold the five smooth stones, and a sling in one hand. And let's not forget number five, the most important, faith in God. Let's take a look at David's predictions in verse 46, or you might say what he was declaring before the battle was glad. David said, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. He said, I will smote you. I will take, all, take your head off. I will, give you the bodies of, I will give the bodies of the Philistines to the birds and the beast. You know, he was declaring the end from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're doing when the Lord said, told um, Brother uh, Kevin that, you know, uh, you should be speaking your destiny. Brothers and sisters online and in here, you need to be speaking your destiny. You need to be speaking what you want to see happen and not be speaking and dwelling on the things that are happening or have happened in the past, but what you want to see happen. Are you hearing me? God is making, he's, he's stirring up some nest. He stirred up my nest many times and I think he's getting ready to stir it up again. But you got to be ready to move when he moves. And he will stir up your nest and it will discourage you sometimes. But it's before far, far, far better if you'll be obedient because he has so much in store for you. Isn't that what his word says? I know the plans I have for you. They're to do you good and not evil, but to give you hope for an expected end. And his faithful servants, you think he's going to drop you? No. He's got plans for you. And they're bigger. You know, everything God does for us, and I, and I think about this a lot, and I tell him this. As a matter of fact, I told him that this morning. I said, the things that you have done in my life and that you're doing in my life, you know, just far secede anything that I could have ever thought of, hoped for, ever imagined. Can't, can't even imagine. And the things that I believe that I'm pregnant with now far exceed anything that I could ever thought of in the past. But it's all to glorify Him. Everything we do should be to glorify the name of our Father. It should be to come against these things and people that are to find our living God. God, The same God today, yesterday and forever, that was with David. Or the Samson. You know, when Samson went out there, he fully expected the anointing to come on him. Killed, what, a thousand people with one jawbone? That's what we have to do. We have to fully, we have to be expecting all the time. Be expecting that that God is moving. The anointing is coming on. The anointing to do what he's called us to do is going to be there. We just have to go out there and expect it. Expect it. David won the battle with his words before he won the victory. You never let the devil have the last word. That was about the other morning on the couch when he said, that's been there a long time. It's going to take a lot to get it out. <laughs> but if you know the Word of God, then you come back. That's what it's called bringing every thought into captivity that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. The one big difference here, too, is that David had God Almighty back in his every word. And God was on David's side, according to 1 Samuel 18. David, it says in verse 14, says that David continued to succeed in everything he did for the Lord was with him. As a matter of fact, Saul was afraid of David because God was with him and tried to kill him because God was with him. I'm closing. 
Satan could be trying to intimidate some of you right now over a job or promotion you want, or it could be you're believing the Lord for something else, or he could be intimidating you with this virus, trying to keep you from fellowshipping with God and your brothers and sisters. Let's say, for instance, you keep resisting the devil. Maybe whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're continuing to resist the devil. You're continuing to speak to your mountains just like the Lord's told you to do. But Satan just keeps coming right back, putting another word of doubt or fear into you, telling you that this is not going to happen. There is no way. And then Satan begins to give you all the reasons why it's not going to happen. I want you to know, saints, the devil has to get you to agree with him before he can do anything. He can't do anything. He can only suggest you don't have to. He did the same thing to Jesus, as I said before. Don't be discouraged when you have to continue speaking. You know, Jesus spoke to Satan three times. He spoke once and he came back. He spoke once and he came back. Came back to finally realize he was fighting, losing battle. So he said he left for a more opportune time. The devil will leave you, but that don't mean he ain't coming back at a more opportune time. So please don't get discouraged when you have to continue speaking. The power of speaking God's word is evident in both these stories and necessary saints. Reinhard Bonnke said, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. The Lord told him, he said, my word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. Think about that. I want to close today with this one statement. Get the word of God in your mouth and you will have the answer because the answer is in your mouth. Okay? Yeah. Amen. Get the word of God in your mouth and you'll always have the answer because it's in your mouth. Praise God. Father God, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding on my behalf and the people's behalf, Lord. Father God, I thank you for the spirit of boldness. I thank you for the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Father, we pray for courage. We pray for boldness. We pray for more truth, Lord, to be, be more aware of the things going on around us. We pray, Lord God, that we'll be strengthened in our faith by knowing uh, the people that have already been victorious over these things in, in the Bible that you have shown us. You, you give us these stories. You give us this in the Old Testament is, is to show us what, what has happened and what can happen now. And Father, thank you that we, have, we even are stronger now because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. We have the power of God, the resurrection power of God living on the inside of us. So Lord, I pray that you'll continue to give us the strength and the courage and the boldness that we need to come against anything, anyone that's defined the ways of our living God. And Father, we just thank you for this message this morning. And I pray that those that are listening in here and online, Lord, were blessed by what they heard. And I, pr I pray to the whole with all my heart. I pray with all my heart that they, that they heard, that they heard, and that they will begin to make changes in their lives and begin to know that these things, some of these things are not pleasing to you, Lord. And, and just clean out our closets and our minds and get rid of these things that are not pleasing to you, Father, and replace them with things that are pleasing to you. And Father, we just thank you in advance for all the, 
all the things that you're doing in our lives and all in the pastors and church's life. We just give you praise and thanksgiving for all the plans that you have for us. And we thank you that they're good. And, and we just thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I give you the glory and all the praise. Amen.